What are antimicrobial stewardship and explainable artificial intelligence? Can the characteristics of clinical patients be used to determine the chance of antimicrobial resistance? We explore these questions and more in this episode of Spider Presents. This is Spider Presents, a series produced by the Spider Podcast Hub. My name is Laura Guzman. And mine is Ed Hill. Today we welcome Dr. Massimo Cavallaro, a postdoctoral researcher in Spider working on the Health Data Research UK for the Midlands project. Massimo has research interest in the application and development of rigorous quantitative methods in fundamental biology research and biomedicine. In this episode, we will be discussing the research article Informing Antimicrobial Stewardship with Explainable AI. The article was published in PLOS Digital Health in January 2023. Hi Massimo, thank you for joining us in this episode of Spider Presents. Welcome. Hi everyone. So to begin, would you like to share with us a background on the Health Data Research UK for the Midlands projects? Sure. Health Data Research UK is a national institute for health data science which is uh, supported by several funders uh, working across many locations within the UK with a large team based in uh, top universities in the Midlands. That is uh, the University of Birmingham, the University of Leicester, the University of Nottingham and of course the University of Warwick. Uh, In particular, our work was also the result of a collaboration with Birmingham and the North Bristol NHS Trust. In Warwick, uh, Professor Matt Keeling is a PI and leads the Midlands Public Health Research Initiative. Broadly speaking, uh, health data is any data related to a person's health, including medical records, uh, lab results, uh, patient history, lifestyles and demographics. Nowadays, there is a deluge of uh, health data, I would say. Uh, often collected from various sources, such as hospitals and clinics, but also, say, uh, insurance companies. They can be used to inform public health decisions and require some domain expertise. Another defining aspect is that these data are highly sensitive and confidential and require special security measures. Overall, HDRUK has focused a lot on developing advanced infrastructures to handle such a large amount of sensitive data, but they also carry out cutting-edge research. Thank you so much for that comprehensive overview and over the last couple of years with the COVID-19 pandemic situation, and that's also really brought to light the deluge of data in potential different data sources and questions arising around sensitivity and data security. And other topics are antimicrobial resistance. and It is a major threat to health and is responsible for an increased risk of death and prolonged hospital stays. And the paper is on the topic of antimicrobial stewardship. So in terms of real-world activities, what does antimicrobial stewardship mean? Okay, first of all, I would start from uh, saying what antimicrobial resistance is. Uh, that is the ability of microorganisms that cause infections, say bacteria, to evolve and survive antibiotic treatments. So this is a huge problem for us humans, because while some bacteria becomes resistant to the value of drugs, the discovery rate of new antibacterial agents keeps decreasing, and there might be not enough effective drugs eventually. We are not there yet, but this may happen in the future. 
Antimicrobial stewardship is the responsible use of the available drugs to minimize the development and spread of resistance microbes. Broadly speaking, it includes activities such as educating healthcare providers about appropriate prescribing practices, uh, monitoring and tracking antimicrobial use, monitoring laboratory outcomes, uh, and implementing strategies to reduce overuse and uh, excessive duration of antimicrobial therapies. As an example, a typical situation where uh, the antibiotic choice is uh, non-trivial occurs at hospital admission. When a patient is first admitted to hospital for severe infections, uh, antibiotics must be initiated as soon as possible, but at that stage it is difficult to say with certainty whether it will be effective or not. It might take, say, up to uh, three days for a laboratory test to confirm that the treatment was actually right. And uh, here, um, AI has a great potential to anticipate when an infection might be caused by drug-resistant bacteria before those laboratory results arrive, and therefore can help uh, correctly prescribe the first uh, and most important antibiotic treatment. As we've kind of entered the digital age, there's been an increase in the use of artificial intelligence or AI in analyzing problems within healthcare settings. And so for this particular study, what were the knowledge gaps at the time that you were hoping that you and your team were hoping to help address? In fact, machine learning and artificial intelligence are actually quite good already in making predictions. For example, in predicting clinical clinical outcomes. But making predictions is only part of the scientific effort, and I believe that predictions alone are not sufficient to analyze a problem. I mean, as a scientist, we also wish to know why and how we obtain a certain result. We are not just interested in the mere result itself. This is where traditional machine learning approach might fail. To underline the difficulties in illustrating how machine learning models yield a particular result, uh, they are often uh, depicted as black boxes. In contrast, uh, this interpretable machine learning uh, is a branch of artificial intelligence that focuses on creating models that can help explain their decisions in an easy-to-understand way. An interpreter model allows users to understand the rationale behind the machine prediction, which is especially important in applications where transparency and trust are essential, such as healthcare. To some extent, I would say that interpreter machine learning bridges the gap between mathematical modeling, where every component and parameter have real-world interpretation, and the traditional machine learning models which are extremely flexible, but uh, come under the cost of a decreased ability to explain the behavior. I think this is one of the most important recent development in the field. So at the time of your investigation, were there novel methods and developments that were needed to enable antimicrobial resistance to be studied with explainable AI? We use the known uh, technique, which is called uh, the Shapley Additive Explanation. Uh, this is based on the so-called Shapley values, 
concept introduced in game theory as a mathematical method for the allocation of credit among a group of players. In machine learning, sharply values allocate the credit of the prediction among a group of features instead of players. You don't have players in machine learning. In practice, we assign a value to each feature and data entry and indicate how much the model would change if that feature were removed. This allows us to understand which features are most important in a given prediction and how each contributes to the overall prediction. Shapley's explanation works in a variety of machine learning models, including random forest, uh, gradient boosting machines, uh, and deep learning models. I would say that uh, the toolbox is rather agnostic. It has been quite helpful in uh, health data and uh, antimicrobial resistance research, but can be essentially applied in many other contexts. So it's a very handy tool to have. That's terrific. And with the application of these methods, what would you be your summary of the key findings from the investigation? And was there anything that was particularly surprising? We, we identified associations between patients' characteristics and presence of organism resistance to antimicrobial drugs. Uh, some of these associations are intuitive or expected. For example, the past use of a drug is associated with uh, antimicrobial resistance to the same drug. While this might not uh, seem uh, super exciting, the result suggests that uh, the explanation models correctly weighted known risk factors of resistance. The Shapley values analysis also illustrated the intriguing and nonlinear relations between resistance and factors such as age, admission date, and time spent in hospital. As another example, sex male appeared to have a small positive impact on resistance. This came as a surprise to me. I mean, it has been documented in literature that is uh, attributed to unknown confounding factors such as past diseases or varying adherence to the prescribed regimen rather than to biological differences between male and female. This all came as a surprise to me. From what you initially outlined in terms of perhaps the kind of less surprising or non-interesting results in terms of like past drug use being associated with antimicrobial resistance it actually shows that important aspects of kind of validation of the model and verification that it's behaving sensibly and doing a reasonable job um, which is forms actually a crucial part of the process so i think i think i'm glad you kind of expressed that even though as you say it might not be a interesting finding it's still a very important verification step Yes, validation is uh, like a key component of that, and uh, I'm going to stress uh, the importance of uh, validation. In your view, what are the main implications of these findings you have explained? Are there limitations to bear in mind, and does it give a direction for further work? So we demonstrated that an appropriately designed AI can simultaneously outperform human predictions and also provide uncertainties and outputs interpretable to clinicians. By identifying associations, the analysis has, on one hand, the potential to inform interventions and engage clinical personnel to improve stewardship. On the other hand, it can also be used by domain experts to evaluate complex automated clinical decision systems. I think the second point is really important. 
and then we are back on validation. This study has limitations, of course. As I suggested earlier, machine learning models are essentially extremely flexible function and their outputs and results strongly depend on the available data. Data is always important, but it's really crucial here. As a result, models trained on data from one hospital might not perform well on a different hospital, which serves as a different demographic or maybe adopts slightly different policies. With careful data preparation, regularization, validation, machine learning can also be made to generalize well, but that is not trivial. And finally, looking ahead, what in your view are going to be the key challenges for the use of AI in slowing the increase in antimicrobial resistance? One big challenge, I think, is to provide fair access to data and resources. AI relies on large amounts of data to be effective, but many healthcare systems lack the access to uh, necessary data and resources. For example, we found that data on past culture susceptibility are crucial for our model, and in the absence of these data, the prediction accuracy decreases significantly. Yet, in practice, these data may not be always readily available for all patients in need of care, especially if financial resources are limited. Therefore, extensive application of AI under these conditions might actually exacerbate healthcare disparities. Uh, this again limits the general applicability of data-driven predictions, which cannot be easily extended to different cohorts or just naively applied in situations where crucial data is missing. Again, validation studies are really important. Indeed, our next step is to study out situations where cultural information or other variables are missing. And as another thought, I believe that identifying novel effective treatments might be game-changing. We said that the original problem is the potential lack of novel drugs to keep, to keep up with the bacteria evolution. AI is also being increasingly used in drug discovery, but that is really another topic. Thank you for all this explanation. It's been very interesting to follow your article. Thank you for listening. This is our news section, where we have a couple of updates on recent happenings in the research group. Our first news item is a job opportunity. Applications are open for a professor or reader in mathematical epidemiology or mathematical public health to join us in Zweider at the University of Warwick. This role is a joint position between the School of Life Sciences and the Mathematics Institute. The post holder is expected to strengthen the interaction between the departments as well as support the continuing development of both departments. The closing date for application is on the 2nd of March of 2023. Our second item is news that the Mathematics of Real World Systems Centre for Doctoral Training is recruiting its final cohort of students for its 1 plus 3 year MSc and PhD programme. This cohort will begin in the 2023-2024 academic year, with there being multiple funded places available. MathSys focuses on a range of real world problems, including biology and epidemiology. If you are interested in postgraduate study, and in developing research and modeling skills to tackle challenges in health, industry and society, 
then at the time of this recording, applications to the program remain open. That's all the news from us for this episode of Spider Presents. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us again next time.